Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi guys, and welcome back to another new episode of Union Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat. So glad you're here. If you are new... I am a therapist. I live and work in Nashville, and I started this podcast to help us learn more about ourselves and the world and, you know, all the things that are in between ourselves and the world. And before we get going today, like always, I want to remind everybody that because I am a therapist does not mean that this is therapy. This is just a podcast where we get to talk about things that might include therapy. And with that, I cannot offer any kind of therapeutic advice or feedback, or I cannot be in a therapeutic relationship with you via podcast. But I am here for you. I am here to help you learn more about you, yourself, the world, higher powers, relationships, all the things. So today is another exciting day here because I have somebody who I've been talking to for a long time about getting them on and randomly I was like, you're doing it this Friday. Come on, we're going to have this conversation. And so we sat down and we had it and it was awesome. And this person is another therapist. Her name is Gina. Actually, her name is Dr. Gina Crean and she works in the same building as me and she's great. She's awesome. She is a social worker. So she's a licensed clinical social worker, which is a little different than me. Still can do the same stuff, but she has a different background and she has a different specialty than me. So I had her in here and we talked all about the differences between what she does and what I do. And really, we talked about what she does. She works a lot with kids and she does a lot of child therapy and adolescent therapy and all of that. And it's a different animal. You know, the brain is different. The things you do can be different. And so I sat her down and we had a conversation about the differences and just about kids and the brain and the nervous system in general. She's so smart. I mean, she's went to school for about 1 million years. She's so smart. She's also so gentle, so welcoming, so warm. You're going to love her. 
I want to shout out just her stuff before we get in. If you decide that like you want to know more about this human and you want more information from her, maybe you want to work with her. Her Instagram is Solid Roots Therapy. So at Solid Roots Therapy. And so you can find her there. And then through that, you can either email her, message her. You can also go to SolidRootsTherapy.com, her website, and learn more about her there. So... I don't have to do a lot of talking about her because she will show you how wonderful she is. So without any more waiting, here is my conversation with my friend, Gina. All right, guys, welcome back. I have a special guest with me. I have to think of a different thing to say because I feel like I say special guest every time (laughs) and then it makes them not feel as special, but you are special. Thank you. I have my friend Gina here. (laughs) Say hi. Hello. Gina's a therapist. You're actually, you're a doctor. I am a doctor. So tell everybody what your credentials are and where you went to school, all of that jazz. So I am a doctor, but cat knows I never go by doctor. So just Gina is fine. But But if you wanted to call her doctor, you could. (laughs) But I I could, yes. Um, Or you could. Um, So I'm a social worker through and through. I have a bachelor's of social work, master's of clinical social work with focus on internal family systems and a doctorate of social work where I focused on trauma-informed programming for kids in schools. So what that really means is you're very smart and you have a lot of training. I do. And I also really just love school. Okay. I was going to say you love what you do, but you might just really love school. You don't want to leave. I did it. So I could. Okay. So the cool thing about Gina is she's also a therapist, but she's a therapist with a different background, different education and different focuses, specialties, Mm -hmm. a large difference in what we specialize in where I, Kat, the therapist work with adults, 18 and up. Gina works with children and adults and adults, but children is like your it's a, what would you call that? Like you're like, that's my niche. Okay. I love, I love the little ones. Well, okay. 18 and younger okay. period. <laughs> okay. So today we're going to talk a lot about that because that's an area I don't know much about mainly because I've just never done that. And I think that there might be a misconception or I might be making this up, but when you go to school to become a therapist, whatever kind of therapist you want to be, you learn the same things, essentially. You go to the same classes, depending on what your degree is in and what your master's is in. But how you learn to be a therapist is in your practicums and your internships and like out in the field. So if you don't ever go and get experience working with kids, you're not really going to know how to do that. Right. And that's also okay because you can't know everything. And just like a doctor, a medical doctor, would specialize in something in like their residency, so does a therapist. And so where I work with adults only, (laughs) Gina works with adults and then mainly kids. Yes. So we're going to talk about that. We haven't ever talked about it on the podcast before, so I'm excited. And she's going to teach me stuff. She's going to teach you guys stuff. It's going to be wonderful. And this is how we're going to start. Let's do it. The other day. <laughs> <laughs> we're both laughing. The, we're... <laughs> the other day I was, I don't know if it was like at night. Was it at night? Yeah, it was like one of our last okay. clients of the night. So, oh, so Gina also works in the same building as I do. So, you know, we like to look out for each other. And if one of us is here later at night, then we'll kind of like make sure and check that they're okay or whatever and turn off all the lights. And we know not to like completely shut down if somebody's sound machine is on because that means that they're in their office. Well, so I go to the back to see if her sound machine is on and I just hear this like banging, like throwing, like somebody was throwing something. And in my first thought was she's probably doing anger work with a client. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is in my experience with adults, 
will throw things, will hit things in a very controlled, safe way. Um, we use like foam bats or stuff like that where you're not going to hurt anybody. That was my first thought of, oh, she's doing, she must be doing anger work. But then like there wasn't really any voices coming. It was just like banging. And I also didn't know who she was with in there. And you just never really know. And I didn't know if she was with a kid or an adult. And so I texted her, which I'm like, I'm dumb. Like, what am I going to text you? And you're just going to pull your phone out. But excuse me, I got a text. I texted her and I said, are you okay in there? So I wear an Apple watch. So I don't look it. at my phone um, during session. That's like a rule of mine. But if I notice that my Apple watch keeps going off with multiple texts, like I was getting from Kat, I do tend to just make Glance sure that, at it. yes, make sure everything is okay. And my watch is blowing up with texts. And I are you down. okay? <laughs> Kat is like, are you okay? Are you okay? And in the room, I was with a kiddo and we were, I have a small basketball net and we were actually doing some, she was right on frustration control work with this kiddo because we play basketball and I'm a past basketball player. So I love it. So I can kind of keep up with the kiddos. Mm-hmm. And we were playing pig. And through that, the kiddo was learning frustration control when he would not make a basket or win yeah so I thought she was being assaulted yeah (laughs) but it was just me doing (laughs) child-based therapy and uh, I just tell you that story because I think it is a good segue into how therapy with kids can be different and what it looks like than therapy with adults where I might do frustration control with somebody but it's not going to look exactly the same way and also I tell that story because it's always better to be safe than sorry (laughs) because you never know Thank you for looking out for me. You're welcome. I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you. <laughs> so let's start there. I want to, I have a lot of questions for you and we'll see if we get to all of them. We might not, but let's start there. So one, I want to know about what led you into going the route you went, especially with social work. Did you always know you wanted to be a therapist? Did you always know you wanted to work with kids? And then I want to know like, yeah, what does child therapy look like in the room because I can't have a conversation with a kid who's like eight maybe even younger Mm -hmm. like I can have a conversation with somebody who's like 45. Yeah totally. So as far as social work goes I was actually always I come from a family of nurses so I always thought I was going to be a nurse until I was a nurse assistant in the hospital and saw a situation with a client where or with a patient rather where a social worker came in and was able to really change the situation for this patient. And that day I went back to school and, or back to my school and changed my major. So I've been hooked as far as that goes. As far as kids go, I was actually really lucky. So when I started the School of Social Work, I had no idea what I wanted to do, to be honest. I was like, am I going to work in a hospital? Who am I going to work with? I didn't even really know what a social worker did. It was like on a whim. You're like, I just saw this one time happen and I decided that's for me. (laughs) I think I have to do this. So when I was in my bachelor's program, I actually met these amazing people that worked in a children's advocacy center, which is works with children um, and the investigation team when there's abuse or neglect or intense situations at home. And I got the internship there and I've been hooked ever since. It's really Mm -hmm. intense um, trauma work in those centers. And so I kind of just carried that through all the way through my career. And that's why I do, um, I see a lot of kids with trauma or Mm -hmm. adverse experiences, but that's kind of how I got started with social work. Yeah. And going. So, and as far as the kids go, 
I love adults. I love all, you know, I love working with all my clients, but my heart really does mm-hmm. do a little bit better with kids. Which we need people like that. I mean, we need all kinds of different helpers. And so I think that uh, what I want to say up top is whatever you specialize in doesn't make you good, bad, better, worse. Right. We need all of it. Mm-hmm. So we need people like you because I don't have that desire. I don't have that heart. And I don't have the kind of patience that you might have. Mm-hmm. So let's just talk about the experience of being a therapist working with kids how does it differ like because you work with both so why don't you tell like what do you feel like the main differences are yeah so me and Kat talk a lot about situations not clients specifically but just situations so we bounce things off of each other because like you said we need people that work with all right Mm -hmm. so I'm working with the kids but they're going to grow up to be adults and the adults that have these kids are already already went through child so essentially we're all working together for the same goal which is really interesting um, work anyway but as far as adult therapy right I'm typically sitting in the office with my client. They sit on my couch and we do a lot of talk therapy or perhaps some like EMDR, trauma-focused therapy. Most of the time, they can verbalize to me what they're thinking, what they're feeling, and I can assist them and prompt them to kind of process in a different way. Kiddos do not work that way. They communicate through play. Mm -hmm. That's their words. So, for example, I always like this example when you have a bad day as an adult, you can kind of talk to your support person and say, yeah, my day was terrible. Kids aren't going to come home from school or whatever and say, I had a bad day. They're going to grab your hand and say, mom or dad, come play with me. Come sit with me. You know, you need to focus on their behaviors of movement and play. And that's how they communicate to you. It's kind of the clues that they give you about Mm -hmm. how they're feeling. So with therapy, a lot of my therapeutic process with a kid is play and movement and basketball. And I bring up movement because it goes all the way back to in utero. Kids are always looking for safety, sense of safety. That is like their ultimate goal. So any senses that they have, anything they see, hear, feel, even in a perceived safe therapeutic office, right? They go back to their most primal sense of safety, which was in utero where mom, you can hear it's safe, it's quiet, it's they're being fed, um, it's warm, and they can hear a mother's heartbeat in utero, right? So normally it's 60 to 80 beats resting is normal. Mm-hmm. You need to get them on the same movement beats to redetermine that sense of safety. So I use a lot of movement, um, walking, stomping, throwing balls and things to replicate that to restore that sense of safety. So things like that. That's what kids-type therapy, child-based therapy looks like. For a kid who's struggling to find a sense of safety in their Mm -hmm. life based on whatever experiences they've had outside of you knowing them, if they don't feel safe with you, how do you start that process? Because I went to therapy as a kid, okay, and I didn't want to be there. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go. My mom forced me to go, and... We called her the lady. <laughs> I don't even know what her name was. I don't think my family knows what her name is. <laughs> called her the lady. And I just remember not speaking mm-hmm. because I didn't want to be there. So what do you do? Because I'm assuming that shows up. And I know I didn't want to be there. I don't know if it was that I knew that I didn't trust her, but I just was mad and wouldn't speak. So what do you do? Mm-hmm. 
So when we use the term safety, right, everybody listening, I want to encourage you to like expand what you think about safety because safety, we think mostly of like physical safety threat, right? It could be emotional safety threat, social safety threat. Your senses are inputting everything. So it could be, I mean, a smell in that office that triggers something that, mm, nope, I catalog that in my brain as a kid that Mm -hmm. that was no safety. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't like it. So Essentially, uh, what I'm hearing you say, too, of with the lady, the lady, the I lady. love that. The lady, something about that did not feel safe to you. And it might not even been her. No. I just didn't before right. I even got to her office. Mm-hmm. So the, the environment is very important, too. So, okay, going back to your question about what do I do about yeah. that? The first thing I do is kind of as as a therapist is assess how this kiddo is reacting to his or her environment, right? They are very in tune. You will often see a kid walk into the office and dart around the room with their eyes to assess their safety and what they're what they're looking at. So you have to pay attention to that first, right? And then I uh, do two things. Usually a kid in their stress response will react one of two ways. One way is called hyperarousal. These are your kiddos that are kind of bouncing off the walls, very talkative, will play with you, will go up to doesn't know a stranger. That's kind of a hyperarousal reaction. The other one is hypoarousal, which is when kids won't talk, will kind of withdraw. You'll see them kind of come into their body a little Mm -hmm. bit, lots of space between them. I read that and I let them know that it's okay however they want to act. There is no redirection in that unless there's a, you know, they're in direct safety uh, risk of hurting themselves yeah. or hurting others. But in their, in the space of my office, they can act and react however their body is telling them to act and react. And as a, as you as a therapist, your job isn't to force them to talk. It's just to get them into a place where they even would feel comfortable and safe doing so if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. So you might have sessions where it seems like you do nothing, but really you are doing something. Totally. They might sit there and color mm-hmm. for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's the session. Mm-hmm. It's a very hard concept, especially for parents that are... They're like, yeah. why, why, didn't you, why didn't you do anything? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And really what I say about, for example, coloring, yeah. number one, they learned how to restore and de-escalate their own behaviors they learned how to cope and honestly when I'm coloring with them a kiddo when they start to color and get that movement back Mm -hmm. that we just talked about they're gonna start opening up there's a place in the brain when your stress response goes off called the Broca's area it's your speech and ability to like verbalize things Mm -hmm. and as your stress response relaxes rather then your broca era kind of opens up and that gives kids as they're coloring de-escalating relaxing they're going to start to open up verbally and tell me a little bit more and be able to identify thoughts and feelings that way you're making me like want to work with children (laughs) good come to the dark side (laughs) okay so all this is so fascinating i think people are going to love learning about this especially people who have kids or have kids in their life that they think might benefit from talking to somebody Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more 
more info now. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. You mentioned the term adverse childhood experience earlier, just in passing. I want to come back to that because I want to talk about, one, what might bring a kid into therapy, how to know if it's going to benefit them, and just what is that? Explain that term. Talk to us about it. So the Adverse Childhood Experiences Study, which I'll call it ACEs for short, it's kind of a big buzzword right now in schools and other places that work primarily with kids. But essentially what it is, the long story short of it is it is a study that was done by uh, Dr. Robert Anda, Dr. Vincent Felitti, both medical doctors that discovered adverse experiences that have happened up until age 18. There are 10 markers of it. Abuse and neglect, domestic violence, a parent that's incarcerated, divorce, mental illness in the home. Um, They all go into different categories, okay? But those are the 10 main markers. They have discovered that if any of those have happened up until your 18th birthday, there are different mental effects from it, physical effects from it, and just overall social emotional effects from it. They have discovered that if you have four or more of those ACEs, essentially your life expectancy is reduced by 20 years. Okay, but wait a second. I'm going to pull back. I just did, you couldn't see it, but I had a, a visual jaw drop. The crazy thing about me is I remember a lot of stuff that I guess I want to remember. That's how the brain works. Yes. I didn't remember that part about learning about this. But what I make of my head, and I want to check it with you, is the reason that your life expect- expectancy goes down is because of the, one of those is the mental health effects, and mm-hmm. that might have something to do with addictions or stuff like that, that that would affect your life expectancy. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So it's, yeah, it's addiction. So it's not or like it's- you're going to get pneumonia and die. No. It's like you're going to, you're more likely to engage in then these behaviors to cope. And that's what happens. Right, okay. exactly. And same, th- so the coping behaviors and even physical effects like heart disease and things are raised, the rate of cancer is raised just because really? of your whole overall health, essentially. So the cliche thing that I'm about to say you can't change what happened, but you can change what comes next is why it's so important. That's not cliche. I, I know. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. You know, <laughs> thank you. We're, we're leaving it. We're leaving it. But in saying that, that's why I am a huge advocate for just being proactive about getting yeah. kiddos. It doesn't mean therapy has to be forever. 
And parents often, or caregivers that I work with, often, I just want to encourage everybody to not catastrophize childhood therapy. Yeah. Because they think like automatically when they reach out to me as a childhood therapist, they're like, my kid is broken, or this is going to be the rest of their life, or they're so sick and they can't, you know, pause for a second. Yeah. We are being proactive about this. Yeah. Because what a beautiful gift you're giving to your child to teach them how to understand their thoughts and feelings and cope with those thoughts and feelings Mm -hmm. so it doesn't turn into addiction or other maladaptive coping in the future. Yeah. And the other thing I want to add, too, is this is a lot of the work that I even do with adults is I plant seeds, especially when it comes to somebody who's in an active addiction or eating disorder or anything like that or just maladaptive behaviors. A lot of times people are not going to change their behavior right away. But what you're doing is you're planting seeds and you Mm -hmm. are either planting seeds. A lot of times with me, it might be information or something I've said, but also it's feelings Mm -hmm. because you might be planting seeds about this is what a safe relationship feels like. Mm -hmm. Or I know that people will show up for me or it might not be something you verbally say ever, but you're planting seeds that this kid will eventually or in my case, this adult will eventually come back to and remember. They'll remember how you made them feel, essentially. I have the most beautiful example of that. I was working with a a kiddo, and they were having some really increased anxiety as a result of a traumatic event that happened. And I use a little stuffed animal to represent a part of the brain called the amygdala, which is essentially like Mm -hmm. your fire alarm of your brain. It tells you when your stress Mm -hmm. response should go off. And this kiddo was not getting it forever, you know, and a couple sessions later they came in and they took the stuffed animal off my like my desk that I have and they said this is the part of the brain that's going off in my brain right now and it's making me feel very jittery and you know what I'm just gonna throw it in the garbage and I thought that was the most beautiful thing because I didn't know that this kiddo was understanding what was happening in his brain and they came right in and was able to identify. And then as a follow-up, this kid could also tell me, all right, get out my coping skills book, which we keep in my office sometimes. And they picked out exactly what coping calmed them down. And so that was a great success for that day for that kid. But I use that example as just planting the seed. It might not look like it's clicking right then. These kids are sponges and they are like absorbing all of this. So first of all, is that the stuffed animal that got stolen? I don't want to talk about that stuff. Okay. Animal. <laughs> that was, but no, it was okay, a different. So that well, was, side that story, was my best. For you guys yes. that aren't aware, which is probably most of you, but our office did get broken into. Mm-hmm. No confidentiality breaches, thank God. However, they did take some things like my podcast equipment and then randomly <laughs> Gina's stuffed animal, which is so weird. I have two, st- two main stuffed animals that all my kids love in this person that broke in decided to take both of them for some reason so i hope they're making somebody happy somewhere surely surely anyway (laughs) so i just think that that is a really cool story and and i will say too that like maybe you felt this as a person that has gone to therapy or you felt this as a therapist or or even just as a friend a lot of times what we we feel like what we're saying or what we're doing isn't getting through to somebody but it just takes them longer for it to actually sink in than we want it to sometimes and that's what you're saying is like maybe that first day you talked about that they weren't like oh yeah that makes sense but they were soaking it in and eventually that seed grew and then it grew into this kid being able to actually not just even identify but then advocate for what 
they needed in that moment I, so cool right and kids yes and these so, kids are smart they're so smart and so i guess that's a good just like segue to like a lot of parents ask me like okay so how do i support my kids at home right going off of that they are seeing and hearing and what a beautiful gift that you can give to your kids to model for them appropriate coping and appropriate communication but also giving them the time and the space that their reaction to that or their behavior might not look exactly like you think it should in that moment give them the space give them the time give them the patience to know that it's it's coming it's working they're they're working through what that really feels and looks like for them can you give an example of what it might look like in the home as a primary caregiver to be supportive of emotional regulation that you're working on in the therapy office so let's say a kid came to you because they've been acting out a lot like let's say their behavior is hyper okay i don't know what's going on my kid's not listening like they're getting in trouble at school all of this stuff because a lot of times these kids might have had a traumatic experience that might be why Mm -hmm. they might not but they might not know that they even had that Mm -hmm. or it could be something in regards to like maybe they have add or maybe they have one of these some kind of something that hasn't been identified and they're getting frustrated and they don't know how to express that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's the backstory. So this kid's coming in, hyperactive, all of the things. Yeah, You're working on regulating them, helping them express themselves versus lash out or whatever. They're going home, you're really regulated, you're really patient, you as a therapist, you're trained to do this. Mm -hmm. You're only with them for 30 minutes to an hour a week. Parents are with them a lot and even like teachers, Mm -hmm. what do you suggest for a parent to help aid in this process? Because you cannot, in quotes, fix somebody's kid. Right. That is a super great question. And I get it all the time. There's a lot of layers to this. The first step, rather, is what I would say, is I always encourage a caregiver to check their own temperature. There are Mm -hmm. things in, in your brain called mirror neurons And they're exactly what you would think. A mirror, they read something in your brain and then they mirror it back. Mm -hmm. So if your feelings are escalated, you're getting angry, your voice is raising, kids' mirror neurons are much more sensitive than an adult's because they haven't learned to kind of factor out what what is safe and what is not yet, right? So their mirror neurons fire much faster and much harder. So if they notice that your behavior or your tone of voice is escalated, they're going to mirror that. If you're kind of raising your voice at a kid out of your own frustration, which we're all humans, right? It happens. It is going to confuse them more that you're telling them to kind of check and regulate or whatever you work on in therapy and yet you're escalated so that's the first step to be honest not everybody has listened to this episode but we did an episode on well i did a couple on the brain and the body and we talked about the nervous system in general Mm -hmm. we talked about the vagus nerve which this is going into that of and if you want to talk about it you can but the vagus nerve is this nerve that goes from your brain into all of your organs in your body and it connects your feelings and your thoughts and all of that to the organs in your body. And that's why 
it's so important to realize that your brain and your body are not separate and and your mental health and your brain is going to affect your body it they cannot be separated but the the vagus nerve and there's i, I should do a whole episode on like polyvagal theory you should, it's so good um, yes anyway the long and the short of it is that part of your nervous system responds to calming caring soothing voices mm-hmm. it's why things like meditation and yoga are so regulating because you are mirroring back as a human that experience and that really will calm you down and that calm sinks into your body mm-hmm. so if a kid is hyper aroused and you're yelling then he's mirroring that that nerve is going from their head to their body and then their whole body's hyped up totally you like hit the nail on the head that's exactly that's that was beautiful <laughs> So speaking of, I know I'm not even letting you fully answer any questions, but can we talk about the difference between a kid's nervous system and an adult's? And if, is there a difference? And what I know is, and what I've shared with humans on this podcast before is that we do need our nervous system to have to work. So that's how we become resilient. Like we learn how to use our nerve and our nervous system learns how to function and we learn how to essentially survive hard things by surviving hard things. So the point of, or the goal, if you want to walk into a healthy adulthood is Mm -hmm. not to have a childhood that has no bumps. Right. But a adult's nervous system has been through things and a kid's is, I I guess, more learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I I always describe it as, especially in the first about five years of a kiddo's life, there I refer to it as like cataloging in your mm-hmm. brain. Like they're putting everything into different files, different catalogs. That's why we're talking about different sense and things they hear and feelings and things like that. I keep referring to it, but it's literally just all that sense of safety. Mm-hmm. As far as nervous system goes, it's almost fair to say that their nervous system is just so fragile. Yeah. Not that they can't cope, we're teaching them, but things that we wouldn't even think would set them into that hypo or hyper arousal stress response does because they've cataloged it differently and haven't learned to understand what the catalog means what that and what means. you do with it. So let me backtrack too, because this might be helpful information. So your nervous system is in charge of your threat defense system, which is your fight, flight, or freeze. So there's a part of your nervous system called the parasympathetic nervous system, and there's a part called the sympathetic nervous system. Para would be your hypo arousal. It's like when you're totally shut down. Like I think of that part is controlled by your exhale. Your sympathetic nervous system is like the gas. It's your hyper, and that's more of like the fast, intense breathing in. Like that's what that might look like. So as Gina's talking, what she's talking about is that thing is there for a reason. Because your threat defense system is just that. Your nervous system helps to defend you. It helps to let you know if something's scary or wrong or bad. If you need to run, if you need, it's there to protect you. But as a kid, based on your environment, your experiences, what has been shown to be scary, what kinds of people, what kinds of voices, what kinds of shapes, what kinds of temperatures, like literally anything. Like you said, a kid's a sponge. So... In trauma, a lot of times, and this is for anybody, then this has nothing to do with being a kid or an adult, but a lot of times when you're experiencing trauma, let's say for the sake of this, to make it easy, I'm walking through a dark alley at night, I get jumped mm-hmm. and something bad happens to me and I think I'm going to die. Maybe okay. I get held at gunpoint, whatever. So 
my threat defense system is going to come up. I'm going to feel fear. I'm going to, something's going to happen and I'm going to lock that in with, I think I'm going to die. This is not good. Uh Okay. So if we think about those experiences and what was happening, it was dark. It was at night. I was in an alley. Let's say it was a man that jumped me and there was a gun and let's say it smelled like um, a campfire. I don't know. Okay. So the, your brain is locking all of that in, and that's also sinking into your body because we know the body keeps the score. Yes. Bessel van der Yeah. Go read that book, everybody. Yes. So then as I move through life, anything that reminds me of those things, like it's dark in an alley, maybe men, maybe the smell of campfires, guns, like those things might trigger that threat defense system to turn on and I'm having that thought, I'm gonna die. When really it might be like, I'm at a bonfire with my friends, but that smell unlocks something in my brain. Mm-hmm. And that part of me gets turned on. And based on how I survived it in the actual attack, maybe I shut down and yep. I dissociated, hypo. Maybe I fought and I freaked out and I screamed and I punched and I yelled and I ran away as fast as I could, hyper. So that is then gonna trigger something in me at that moment in the here and now. So as she's talking about your cataloging things, that's kind of what you're talking about, right? So I'm cataloging things, I'm having these experiences and I'm I'm putting them in different groups of safe, unsafe. And sometimes we put things in the unsafe category that are actually really safe. We just had an experience that taught us something that really isn't fully true about the world. Absolutely. I I worked with a kid uh, in a school. I was a school social worker for a little bit, middle school kid. And he he had a lot of things happen that were pretty adverse in his life. And we got him back on track. He was doing amazing. He was attending school. New school year came around. And he had one of our best, you know, just great female teachers. We knew a little bit about his past. He had a really adverse experience with his mother. He started acting out really bad in class really bad like physical aggression to the point where we had to make sure that he got out of the classroom we could not figure out what was going on because when we talked to him he said no i love this teacher like she's cool like no problem i just feel like she hates me so after a little bit of digging and digging it was really interesting because i noticed that this teacher used like a certain kind of lotion on her on her table and after digging a little bit and this took a little bit of time, but I found out that the boy's mom used the same lotion and he couldn't identify like that, but the smell was smell. the trigger. And so it was a great thing when we figured that out because we could build a different type of relationship with that teacher. And honestly, once we took that trigger out of the equation, everything honestly turned a lot better. But until we figured that yeah. out, so it cataloged just that smell and actually very interestingly, there's a book, What Happened to You, uh, Dr. Bruce Perry, Oprah Winfrey, uh, just wrote a great, highly recommend, I don't know if I can put a plug on here for that, but it's very good. He actually tells a very similar story and scents are very, you know, congruent. He tells this almost very similar story about a kid in in school with another scent. You know, that makes me just think, and I just want to say this out loud, is that I think a lot of times I do this. I'm like, Adults are smarter than children. <laughs> and like maybe in some senses they know more information or uh, sure that could fit in circ- certain circumstances. At the same time, 
children and kids, because their brains aren't fully formed, I remember being in a classroom and writing this down, being like, this is the most fascinating thing. It was it was like how many neurons per minute a, ch- a child's brain mm. throughout early development is creating, or neural connections. It was so fascinating. It was like an, an insane number. That's all I can tell you guys. It's just a lot. But kids are 5,000 of what we're doing they're looking and checking and paying paying attention and logging and and all of that because they're developing and so sure adults might be in quotes smarter in certain areas and know more information and can put certain things together but at the same time kids are so aware and they pay attention to everything even things you think they're not paying attention to so the fact that that child could even like lock in that scent in that scent these things remind me it's because you're smart yeah now our job is to help okay well what does that really mean mm-hmm. and separate that out but like they're so brilliant well and when you work with adults i'm not saying this happens all the time right but oftentimes adults have been maybe shamed for their reactions or told that it's wrong or you know and that creates a whole different thing sometimes the kids that I see haven't even you know they're just showing these behaviors for the first time there's no they're like so unapologetically like this is just my stress response and it's here to say hello you know and it's very interesting to see when it hasn't been kind of censored yet Mm -hmm. we can really be proactive about how we support them that way yeah we've talked a lot about therapy and kids and what that looks like in our brains and and all of that and of course can't cover it all in this podcast but I'm also interested in the therapist of a child and what it's like to be that person so we know kind of what got you into it I want to know two things from you of what has been the most rewarding and the most difficult part of working with kids okay let's start with difficult okay um kids hold a little bit of a different space in my heart and you on the podcast talk a lot about being intentional with how you care for yourself and take care of yourself they have taught me so I guess this is my rewarding way they have taught me daily Mm -hmm. the importance of taking care of myself and what that looks like to connect with what I really need in that moment and just being so intentional Mm -hmm. about looking at it from a different lens than what should be or shouldn't be or what is expected. Yeah, because I mean, all you're playing a lot in your office. You get to do a lot of play. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is when with adults, I do a lot of, and we're not playing the same sense. That might be more of their homework assignment that I tell them to go do, but we do a lot of inner child work mm-hmm. of, okay, let's find that, that younger version of you, the version of you that was hurt and never got attention. And let's find a way to let that person live and breathe. And you get to do that all day mm-hmm. with these kids. Yeah. And they're amazing. They t- Kids teach me stuff every single day. And mm-hmm. I truly mean that. I'm not just saying that mm-hmm. for the sake of it. So then what's hard about it? Oh, yeah. Getting back to that. Yeah. You wanted to do that first and you didn't. <laughs> I, I got away. I totally deflected <laughs> you don't that question. Talk about it. <laughs> I, don't wanna, I love my job. Um, <laughs> what's hard about it is just that. Like they hold a different spot in my yeah. heart. And so... I carry things a little bit heavier, I think, just with how I'm built. And I take it home a lot. And so that mm-hmm. goes where I, I have to be more intentional about how I about take care of myself. Care. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes to any helping profession because going back to the planting seeds, mm-hmm. we have a lot of really awesome stories of like redemption and healing. 
but even with kids and adults, we have a lot of stories that we won't ever know the ending. Right. I was actually thinking about this last night. I was laying in bed, not being able to sleep. And sometimes just like old clients pop up in my head. Mm-hmm. Same. So if you're same. one of them, I might have. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I tell my um, clients all the time. I was like, I was driving. And they just like pop just into my head because it our relationship ends and some people keep in touch, but a lot of don't. And that's okay. Right. That's totally okay. But I don't always get to know the end of the story. Mm-hmm. And that is hard when I'm, when I'm working with an adult, but like that that's a different kind of difficulty when you're working with a kid of yeah. you might be making a huge difference but that difference might not happen for 20 years yeah you're totally right and they move you know especially when i worked in the schools and things they move on to the next grade they move right. on to the next season of their life they're yeah. on to the next you know elementary school to middle school mm-hmm. and so my friends that are back i'm originally from michigan mm-hmm. and I'm sure if they're listening to this, they'll be like, oh, yeah, we because I'll check call and check in and see how the kids are doing up in that school all the time. And you're totally right. That is a hard part of being a therapist. You want to just kind of check in and make sure everything's okay. But what I've learned and what has really helped me in my personal life, but as a therapist is what I've learned is that like the relationship might essentially end how we know it. I don't come see you every week or I don't whatever our relationship is. But that doesn't mean that relationship is fully over. We used to use the term, and a lot of people still do, like termination, like have a termination session. Right. You're terminating therapy, and I don't like that. I like transition. It's a transition session, or we're going to transition you to a different therapist, or you're transitioning to a new state, rather than termination, because we can still have... Think about your friends. I have friends from college that like I don't ever really talk to but I don't think that friendship is terminated I think it's just moved into something else I love that and I'm taking that I'm stealing it thanks yeah you're welcome so my other question you already answered it was what have you learned about yourself through working with kids and that's the rewarding part of your job is that you get to to learn that stuff and allow yourself to go totally yeah kid and play basketball in the middle of the day yeah and, and it's okay. We always talk about, you know, throwing out outside the door. There's no should be's, shouldn't be's, would be's, could be's allowed in my office. And we can assess if they're allowed once we leave. But all my kids that are old enough to understand yeah. those terms, no. Yeah. And so we get to act however our brain is telling us it needs in that moment inside the office. Okay, so... Thank you for being here. Thank this you for having me. We it's love our jobs here. and we yeah. work a lot yeah. and we don't really get this time to I know. sit down Just and talk. talk about it. Yeah. How can people, one, work with you? Because you work with adults and kids. Mm-hmm. So if anybody's listening, it's like, and that sounds like somebody I want to work with or I want to refer somebody or maybe I want my child to work with. How can people find you? My practice is called Solid Roots Therapy. So you can either email me at solidrootstherapy at gmail.com or I'm also on Instagram at solidrootstherapy. Those are two of the places that if you need to get a hold of me, just send me a message. Yeah. Okay. And while Gina is in Tennessee, she has this beautiful luxury of being licensed in two states. (laughs) So you can work with her if you live in Tennessee or Michigan, Mm -hmm. which is different. I just get the Tennessee people. But also follow. Yeah. Even if you aren't working with her. Follow me. Yeah. So thank you for being here. I've loved it. And if you have questions, send them to Catherine at youneedtherapypodcast.com. And we can have Gina back on a couch talks. She literally li- works in my office. You almost said lives in my office. We do. We live in she our office. She lives in my office. <laughs> I don't live here, but she has chosen to live here. 
<laughs> she works in my same office building. So that would be something really easy if you guys shot me a question and I can have her come in and for 10 minutes and answer it. So do that. Also, might as well plug myself while I'm talking. Follow me at cat.defada. You can follow the podcast at at you need therapy podcast. That's it, guys. Somebody gave me a review that said they get sad when the episodes aren't very long. So I'm just sitting here dragging it out. All right, guys, have whatever day it is you need to have. And I will be back talking to you guys on Wednesday. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.